Can you have different niches in the same shop? How do you write a good description? In today's video, I'm going to cover all of that plus more. Last week, I put out a post on Instagram to see if you guys had any questions for me. And today I'm going to complete part two of that Q&A. So if you are new here, welcome back to my channel. My name is Dylan Jarris and I'm an Etsy seller of about seven years. I've sold over $1.5 million in revenue on the platform and that's over a million dollars in profit. I also sell on Amazon and Shopify and my entire background is corporate e-commerce. I worked for companies like Zappos and Zulily on the buying and product development side. And now I teach Etsy sellers just like you how to scale to multi six figures and beyond. And that's with my program, Multi Six Figure Etsy Blueprint and my coaching. If you like Q and A's and videos about e-commerce strategy, definitely subscribe to the channel. It encourages me to keep making more videos. All right, so let's dive right into your questions. What are your business goals? Okay, so for me, you know, we have many different businesses. So we have the real estate, we have Etsy, we have some, you know, digital product type of businesses as well. And then we also have Amazon and Shopify. So my goals are to scale and simplify at the same time. I am not trying to grow every business to the same level at the exact same time. I'm really leaning into, okay, where do I have the most leverage, which is really when I put action and time in, where do I get the biggest financial result? So that's really where I'm focusing my thoughts, my time, my efforts. So my business goals are to go really, really big. With Etsy, I'm very comfortable with the level that we're at, you know, doing between three to 400,000 a year. Last year we did 370,000. We'll probably just continue to maintain that level and just drive up our margin even more. So instead of scaling our top line revenue, I prefer to scale our margin so that we're handling the same or even fewer orders and just making more profit per order. So I'm not doing any of the production really much at all anymore, but I really like the level that it's at. It's very comfortable and manageable. Now, Shopify and Amazon, I'm probably not gonna change anything about the level that we're at with those either. For me, I'm gonna be really focusing a lot more on teaching you guys. So showing people the path to scale their businesses to the level that I did. And I'm gonna be investing a lot of time into other people's businesses and pouring into them and helping them grow and scale because I'm very comfortable with the level of business that we're doing. Those would be my business goals. Thinking about maybe selling off a couple of product lines from our Etsy shop, potentially to simplify things even more. But right now my goals, yes, to help as many people as possible in the biggest way possible and to focus on where I have the most leverage. How to succeed in a saturated niche. Is there still enough room for me? Absolutely. I have students jumping into saturated niches literally every week. I have students that are launching shops in what people call saturated niches. Absolutely, there's still enough room. A lot of the big guys, the market leaders, I actually say, I use the term that they're asleep at the wheel. They are coasting. They're very much in their marathon phase where they're not updating their listings. They don't have to. You know, honestly, I'm probably one of those shops where I'm coasting a bit. It's really not that difficult to compete with a more mature business who is comfortable, maybe a little bit complacent. It's all about taking market share. There's a million ways to do it. Uh, it doesn't need to be on price, but if you have no sales, if you have no reviews, it should be competing on every way, including price. Okay. If you need help with that, let me know. I love analyzing the competition and helping you figure out what angle to take to take that market share. I'm extremely competitive. 
active. I've done it for my business. I do it for my students' businesses. Do you need a Facebook business account to post into groups or use a personal account? Um, with that, I would use a personal account. Could you, should you have different niches or types of products in the same shop? So this is so interesting. A lot of people on YouTube say you need to choose a niche, niche down, choose a niche. You know, you hear it, right? You hear it all over the place, but I really recommend instead of focusing on niches, focusing on customers instead, because a niche does not guarantee that there's a profitable customer who has consistent spending habits behind that niche. So we instead focus really heavily on profitable customer segments, people with higher discretionary income, secure, stable jobs, um, people who value time more than money. We look at things like what expensive hobbies and activities are people involved in? Uh, what phase of life are they in? We wanna serve them for at least four to seven years. So we're choosing our customers. We're not just picking a niche, you know, not just camping, you know, we're choosing customers who might like to spend a lot of money on camping, but what else are they spending a lot of money on outside of camping? Uh, we wanna serve them in many ways, not just with one niche. Yes, you absolutely can have different niches and products in the same shop as long as they're serving the same type of customer or at least customers that are complementary and not in opposition, you're fine. If you need help discerning that, I do have a framework for deciding that, but I can also help you one-on-one -on -one if you want um, personal coaching on it. Should I register for an EIN number, sole proprietor? I see her making $15,000 this year. She's 12 years old, by the way. Tried getting some advice and no help. Hope you have some insight. So I legally cannot give legal advice. Um, I'm not a CPA. I'm not an attorney. I will say I actually was a sole proprietor until I was making over $300,000 a year. So I waited way too long myself. So for a 12 year old, I would definitely talk to probably a CPA about that to see how you can best be paying her in a way where she can you know, avoid as many taxes as possible. I would actually go beyond like TurboTax and actually talk to a CPA about this. You could also look for the local SBA or SBDC. You could Google that um, for your area because a lot of times they'll have free services that provide guidance and counsel on those things. How would you use your Facebook strategy with digital products? Well, it totally depends on what digital products you're selling, but um, I would be thinking about a solution-oriented approach. Um, if you need help with that, reach out. I want to sell candy bar bouquets, candy cakes, party supplies. Are they allowed on Etsy? Yes, definitely. Now, if you are making the candy cakes, I mean, you would need some you know, different licensing if you are actually making things in a kitchen. But if you're just selling like prepackaged things, I've seen so many people do that. Definitely, it's something that tons of people do. But anytime you sell something that's you know consumable, I would probably make sure that you uh, have an LLC or maybe some strong business insurance set up or potentially both. Party supplies are a great, great category to get into and it's under the supply category. How would you handle a situation where two students sell the same product in the same country? Well, we have lots of students who um, sell the same product in the same country. Sometimes they're just serving different customers. So for example, lots of people sell t-shirts in the US, okay? I have a lot of students in the US selling t-shirts. I have a lot of students in Germany selling pillows. Okay, it's really about differentiating. So no matter what, there's gonna be competition within your same country. It's all about differentiation and targeting specific customers. So with my students, I'm not teaching everyone, okay, you are going to sell to moms this age, this product type. I'm not giving you the customer and the product you know, to sell to. I'm not telling everyone to sell to the same customer. I'm really teaching you the framework to decide who you want to sell to. And then I help you with your product mix. But yes, I mean, no matter where you live, there's gonna be 
other shops selling the same thing and it's all public information. I do have a special feature in my coaching group where you can actually have all of your coaching with me totally private. So no one has to see your questions. No one has to see my coaching to you. So I'm still making you videos of your shop. I'm still analyzing your competition. I'm still giving you customized pricing strategy, helping you with your SEO, but no one has to see the coaching I'm giving if you're concerned about that. Digital products pricing strategy for a shop with over 400 sales. Okay, if you're a digital product shop and you have 400 sales, I would say you are still in startup mode. And if you think you're not, then you're not gonna accelerate your growth as quickly as you otherwise could. So I would treat it very much like the sprint. Um, for digital products, I would keep up the sprinting strategies that I give you for at least like three to 4,000 orders, at least. I see a lot of people take their foot off the gas way too early, especially with digital products. You think, oh, I have 400 sales. I can double my prices. Oh, I don't have to run sales discounts anymore. I would still keep up all the different pricing strategies and these sprinting strategies. If you have a digital product shop and you are, you know, less than a thousand sales, definitely if you're at 400 sales, I would keep your foot on the gas for sure. Okay, how to get out from a bad review? Well, with that one, you really can't control much unless they otherwise threatened you with a bad review before they left it. So, you know, they were asking you for a refund or asking you for a free product and threatened a review, then that would be extortion and Etsy will remove reviews for that. Also, if they mention any third party in the review, such as they mentioned the US Postal Service was terrible, or if they mention a third party that's not your shop, or if they mention another shop or something, then Etsy will also remove the review. But there's very little you can do if someone leaves a bad review, unless you know it falls under those categories. Typically, I would just try to go above and beyond. If they're a reasonable person, try to resolve things through messages. Sometimes you could mention something like, a negative review is really hurtful to our business, so I wanna do everything possible to help turn this around for you, so that they know, um, it's, you know it's like hint, hint, you can update the review if you want to, if you're satisfied with the resolution here. Can you offer a free product in exchange for a review after someone buys something. So I don't think I would do that because Etsy does have a policy that asks you not to you know, pay for reviews and that could be seen as compensation. So I would be very careful about giving people free things for reviews. Please describe a process for writing a description. So you wanna make sure you have SEO in your description. That is like the number one thing I see missing. You also wanna make the description answer all questions possible. So anytime you've been asked a question about a listing, you wanna make sure that it's answered in the description. Now, most people still will not read your description, but you definitely need to make sure it's still optimized. Premium profitable customers, they value time more than money. If they're confused about your listing, they're not gonna take the time to reach out and message you and ask you a question. So I would really focus on making it really clear, answering and anticipating all questions in your description. So SEO is super important. Site merchandising, that's another element that we do through the description. So that is all about increasing multi-item orders. And there's also things you should do with your description in terms of the layout to make it extremely legible on mobile. A lot of people will turn their description into a novel and it is you know, near impossible to read on mobile. It's basically worthless at that point. So there's a lot you should do to your description to make it optimized for mobile. But your description is the place to help increase multi-item orders. Definitely lead them to your power listings. You also want to direct them to connect with you outside of Etsy. So the description is extremely important to have fully optimized. If you have a great title, great tags, and your description is garbage, like you're gonna be hurting and it's really gonna hurt your conversion rate. Okay, how do shops have huge bundles with thousands and thousands of designs? Are they buying these huge bundles from so 
promo lace and just reselling. Okay, a lot of people do just buy full access to a bunch of stock images and things and they repackage them and resell them. So yes, oftentimes they're not creating these themselves. With what you're talking about where they have, you know, 5,000 images, it's likely something where they have the commercial license to resell it. This is funny, drop some sauce for people who do print on demand phone cases. Apart from listing other products in loss leaders, what else should we be doing and how can we make a lot of money in this niche? So I would be thinking beyond just phone cases and thinking more tech. So what else are people who buy phone cases? What other types of cases do they buy? What other types of accessories do they buy? So you absolutely can make a lot of money doing print on demand phone cases. But what I would recommend is always adding additional utility so that it's not just a phone case. What else can it be? So with that, I mean, what else could you put on the phone case to give it more utility? Or maybe what properties of the phone case, like the materials, give it more value in the eyes of the customer. So it has to do with increasing the value through what's on it or what it's made of or both. And then also expanding your product mix so that you don't just offer phone cases. I really recommend having seven different types of products in your shop. Now this isn't like a phone case and a mug or something. It's different items with different purposes. One example of this is the idea of a loss leader, um, but there's six other types of products and I highly recommend rounding out your product mix appropriately if you want to be selling phone cases. Okay, this is interesting. Watermarking Etsy photos with logo and text, yes or no and why? Um, it totally depends on what you're selling. Sometimes it can take away from the item itself. If you have a product type that is often something that people on AliExpress will just take your photos, rip them off and put them up under their products on AliExpress, I might recommend doing some type of a watermark. Now Etsy asks you not to put watermarks on your items, but really if you do watermarks, it just means that they likely won't use that photo in their marketing. So they might not put that photo into an email blast or something like that. So they might not promote that product for you for free as they would with maybe other listings that don't have a watermark. I would say it just depends on what you're selling and how likely people are to steal your images in that type of a category. Okay, print on demand shop. Do I need 100 plus listings? It's not easy to make so much designs in one niche, so do I focus on making less better ones or 100 plus crappy ones? Okay. I mean, you definitely, with print on demand, I would say you probably do want at least over 100 listings. I don't think you have to put up 100 listings in like 30 days or something, but I would focus your time and energy on building out your product mix so that you are coming up in search results under many different sets of long tail keywords, some that are less competitive as well. I would try to make sure that you're not being vanilla and that you are coming up under long tail keywords that are maybe less searched, but also less competitive so that you are the clear winner. I actually know this person and I would definitely focus Focus on getting to over 100 listings, but don't compromise the quality. Take your time to do it and do it right. So that's all for today. If you guys have more questions, leave them in the comments below and I will pull from those questions in the comments for the next Q&A. And if you want more information on how I can help you with your shop, just reach out on Instagram at Dylan Jars or book a free call with us below with the link to the free strategy call. All right, I'll see you guys in the next video.